reading today is from Psalm 145, which is page 631 in the Church Bibles. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in, his, in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him and hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, for your word, we thank you. We pray that it will inspire us, speak to us, and bring us to Jesus. We ask in his name. Amen. What on earth was he doing? A man of his age, has he lost all sense of dignity? It was shocking, it was degrading, it was unexpected, it was beyond belief, bewildering. But suddenly this aged man is running, he's running as fast as he can. Not too fast because he's pretty getting on and he's not very fit, but he's running. His coat is billowing behind him. He's running to somewhere and if you looked really carefully, you might eventually see him hugging someone much younger but bedraggled and looking as though, well, looking as though he'd been through really bad times. And then they're, they're, they're walking back hand in hand, arm round each other. They are together again 
after all this time, as they get closer, the people can see that it's, it's the man's son. What's the man's son doing back? And why is he giving him this, this, this welcome? And is he really suggesting they have a party to welcome this retrograde boy back? This man who spent all of the inheritance? This, this good-for-nothing son, the one who wished his dad dead, the one who had no sense of dis- dis- decency. How can this be? It can be because of verse 8, the memory verse in Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Not only did we learn the memory verse, but we were turned to the story of the prodigal son and his reuniting with uh, his father. I think this psalm tells us a lot about God the father who's mirrored in the father in the story of the prodigal son. It's titled, if you've got a Bible open, you'll see it's titled, A Psalm of Praise of David. Literally, the praise of David. There are only two other psalms that are titled similarly, and they are Psalm 17 and Psalm 86, but they're called a prayer of David. And whilst all of the other psalms and those by David are psalms of praise, this, this is the only one very specifically entitled a psalm, a praise of David, uh, a psalm of praise. But it's not a psalm about David. It's a psalm that is about God. Remarkable though David's life was, as challenging as David's life was, and there are many other psalms that cover that, all of those themes. This is not about David. This is about God. God the Father. A psalm that is exalting him. The first verse. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, says David, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. This really is the God pictured in the parable of the prodigal son. Prophet Jeremiah unpacks this when he says, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. I love the message, the way the message puts this. God told them, I never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love and more love. That's our God. That's the God who's praised in this psalm. The God who is pictured in the father in the story of the prodigal son. That's the father that we come to through Jesus in order to know eternal life. Our Heavenly Father. We prayed, didn't we? Our Father in heaven. Our Father. Our Father's come in different shapes and sizes and all sorts of different ways. And uh, we will mirror, we will consider God the Father, if we're not careful, simply through the eyes of our fathers on earth. I, uh, I've had the privilege, actually, of having three fathers. I'm not going to go into that story one father and 
two father-in-laws. The two father-in-laws are no longer with us. The father-in-law, the father who I spent yesterday with, uh, was very different from the two father-in-laws in all sorts of ways. I have to be careful because he listens to the live stream later on a Sunday. <laughs> Hello, Dad. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but they're all three were incredibly different. Different attitudes, different, different uh, characters, different experiences, life's experiences. They all uh, were very different. And no disrespect is intended, but I have to say, if I took all three of them and said, that's what God the Father is like, I would fall far short. Which is why we need to come back to the Scriptures. While we come back to Psalm 145 to discover what God the Father really is like and how God the Father reveals himself to us. For the Father whom the psalmist praises in this psalm is my heavenly Father and yours. Verse 3, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Just take those words. No one can fathom his greatness. What God the Father is like is something that is impossible to fully comprehend. We have depths into which we can, we can go to discover more. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, verse 5. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. So not just who God is, but what God's done. And in this key verse that we're looking at, verse 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich, deeply, deeply rich in love. Compassion is a great thing, isn't it? We know when we receive compassion from somebody around us. We know when it's genuine and real. But here's God the Father, always <coughs> compassionate. Always compassionate. It's a familiar phrase, especially in relation to God. Any, uh, any Old Testament believer would have a, an understanding of this, and no doubt New Testament ones too. They'd have subscribed to this because of the stories from their history and one of the things that, of course, happened during the whole period of the Old Testament was the stories of, particularly of leaving Egypt and going to the Promised Land, were told and retold year in, year out. They reminded themselves of the compassion of God through the experiences of their people. And again, again, if you go back to the uh, the psalm, one generation commends your works to another, they tell of your mighty acts, they keep on telling them. I'm not sure we do enough of telling the mighty acts of God, the stories of what God has done in the distant past as well as in our own uh, lives and our own experience. Do you remember that time when the Israelites were travelling from Egypt towards the promised land? They travelled for three long days in the sun. We're beginning to understand through what we've experienced this summer something of what it must have been like traveling in the desert in the heat of the day. And they came to Mara, but they could not drink the water. They'd had no water for three days. And they came to Mara, and the water was bitter, it says in Exodus chapter 15. This whole nation that had recently been delivered from slavery had escaped by the skin of their teeth 
through the Red Sea, are in the desert, and there's no water, they are thirsty. And we all know how important water is when it's hot. So they grumbled, big time. I like to think that it was more of a grumble, whining grumble. Do you know why? What have you done, Moses? Why have you brought us? What are we supposed to drink? What is this about? We're going to die here. And they just kept on at him. Even though the beginning of the chapter, verse 2, Exodus 15, the Lord is my strength, they sang, and my song, he's become my salvation. He's my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Full of praise because of what God has done. Now they're full of grumbles because I guess what God hasn't done. Or hasn't he? Because actually, if you just read on into the next section, you find they're just around the corner from Elim where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. So it was a really fertile little piece of, of the land with lots of, lots of water. But here they are. It's bittersweet, isn't it? It's, it's a bitter time because there is no water that they can see. And so God has compassion on them and their immediate need. He reinforces the abundance of his compassion for his people by showing Moses just what to do. Pick up a piece of wood and throw it into the bitter waters and they turned into drinkable water. Not quite bottled, but drinkable. Something that met their immediate need. Our Heavenly Father has compassion on the people of Israel and he still has compassion he still has compassion on all of us here and there are so many ways in which God demonstrates his compassion that's why it's good to pray with another believer because you can actually think through what is God doing what has God provided what might God provide you see this compassion is because God is willing to engage with us and be gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. One writer suggests that what it means is that God has a long fuse, a short memory, a thick skin and a very big heart. He loves people. He loves his people. He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. What we might say is that the Father has lavished his compassion and love. He is recklessly extravagant with his compassion and love. He is amazingly, overwhelmingly generous with his love and compassion, his grace and compassion. Now, interestingly, those phrases, lavish, recklessly extravagant, amazingly generous, are what the word prodigal really means. So we might turn this story around and say it's not about the prodigal son, not even about the lost son, it's about the prodigal father, this father who is full of love. So much so that when the son returns, he abandons all sense of dignity, he runs, greets him, embraces him, covers him with kisses and refuses, literally refuses to hear his confession 
and throws a magnificent and costly party to welcome him home. See, we need to see behind the psalm, the prodigal son story, find the prodigal father. If you know, but this summer they discovered another Vincent van Gogh painting that had painted over previous or newer work. And uh, Advanced X-Ray has revealed a painting of himself, a self-portrait, underneath a painting called Head of a Peasant Woman. We need X-Ray vision. We need the power, person of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what is behind, well, everything and anything, really, so that we can discover God. So we can discover the Father who, instead of metering out judgment and punishment, providing grace and compassion, the heart of the Father. I read a story of uh, someone who was helping his own father uh, find his runaway sister. After a brief reunion, he asked the father whether he was angry with her for the pain that she had caused his, the family. His father replied, well, yes, but what she needs now is not my judgment or condemnation. My judgment might destroy her. Only love and compassion will keep the door open for her to come back when she decides to come back. I believe that only love will save her. It's the beauty of the story of Jesus, isn't it? That right now, he doesn't meter out judgment. There will be a day. But right now, he reaches out in grace and compassion. He pours out his love for us. Right now, right here. Such is his heart. That Jesus was sent by the Father to be the one who would open up the way to the Father. He went through the indignities of becoming one of us. He went through going to the cross to die for us, that he might be raised to life again, that each and every one of us in the building and beyond might discover the grace and the compassion of the Father God in our lives, not sometime in the future, but now, as we come to him. Because he's not only compassionate, he's gracious. Think of this as what, The Bible describes it as a multi-sided grace, a multi-faceted grace. It's full of richness and colour and is available to each and every one of us. You might want to picture it a bit like uh, Joseph's Technicolor dream coat or um, going to see that in September, the cliffs, uh, or a brilliant rainbow arching over the sky, the colours of the rainbow, or a beautiful hand-cut diamond. I don't know why I'm pointing to my finger quite appropriate, reaching, uh, reacting to the sun that's shining in the sky on its many surfaces. This is grace that's full of different angles and different vision, and different possibilities, so it doesn't rule out anyone. There isn't a single person alive today who can't come under the embrace of the grace and compassion of Jesus that the Father has demonstrated. He's here and available to each and all of us. Philip Yancey wrote, The Father's love was simply a given. Love was a constant, abiding, and unchangeable reality. And 
and so is God's love. Nothing we can do can make God love us more. Nothing we can do can make God love us less. I love the story that uh, Ernest Hemingway writes, wrote. I don't know whether it was true or fiction, but it, it works. It's a story about a father and his teenage son, and in the story, their relationship became strained. Teenage son ran away from home, and his father began the journey in search of him. Finally, he ends up in Madrid, in Spain, in a last desperate attempt to find his son. He uh, puts an ad in the local paper. The ad reads, Dear Packer, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon tomorrow. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. Hear the voice of the heavenly father. I love you. All is forgiven because of Jesus, your father. The next day, 600 Pacos turned up, (laughs) all seeking forgiveness, all hungering after the love of their father. That's That's the opportunity for all of us and any of us. Verse 14 of the psalm. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. Anyone, all, all who are bowed down. Remember the other memory verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And the other one, Psalm 23, this is what happens when you come to the Father through Jesus, when Jesus welcomes you into the, into the family. And brings his grace and compassion. Psalm 23, verse 3. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake. We have an amazing Father God, don't we? Um, Let's try that again. We have an amazing Father God, don't we? And an even great, well not even greater, a great gift in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ who took all of our sin, made it possible for being the kind of people like David who would say, the Lord, verse 17, is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. And listen to this. If this is you this morning, you're not quite there. You've not quite entered into all that Jesus has provided. Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He's running to you now. He's seeking you now. You can find him right now if you never have done before. You can take this step and join in the chorus of verse 21. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forevermore. This is the wonder of discovering The prodigal father who's not holding back, who gave everything, and Jesus who will save us from our sins and ourselves and bring us into God's great family. I hope you want to know more about that if that's something uh, that you need this morning. You don't need to go home without being embraced by the father and receiving the gift of eternal life through Jesus. There's no reason to wait Today is your day. This is your moment. 
And there are, there are some of us and the prayer team will be available to pray with you and help you to take that step. To go home with a new, new lightness in your step because, and a party in heaven because you've come to the Father through Jesus. It's a bit of a way off, so I, wouldn't, uh, I would urge you not to leave it. But on the 4th of October, we will beginning, begin Christianity Explored. That will be an opportunity to talk and discover and think through what uh, Jesus is, who Jesus is, what Jesus has revealed in Mark's Gospel. Um, so if you don't do anything before, please do that then. It's only eight weeks, eight each Tuesday evenings, and it's a, the opportunity for you to take those steps forward to being embraced by the, by the Father. But I'm kind of undermining my point. <laughs> this morning is this morning, and God is here Jesus is ready to receive and forgive you. Come into your life. Let's pray. Father, as we bow in your presence, you know all of our hearts. You know what our needs are. You know how far we are from you or how we bask in your grace and compassion. We pray that we may all be able to enter into what you have provided through your Son. So we pray for the work of your spirit right now. In these next moments as we sing and as we get our cup of tea or coffee, as we go to the prayer in the chapel, whatever it might be, or just praying with the person next to us, we pray that we will receive your grace and compassion, if fresh if need be, and perhaps for the first time if that's where we are. Lord, by your spirit. Will you have your way? In Jesus' name. Amen.